Hi there, and welcome to a different way of seeing. Have you ever wondered how a disabled person lives their life? Join our host Lois Drachen as she chats to people about work, education, travel, sport, the arts, and leisure, and the tools and techniques they use to live their lives with the disability. And now, on with the show. Hi, it's Lois. I love sharing other people's stories on the podcast. But I seldom get to talk much about what's happening in my life. If you'd like to find out more about me and my story, stay tuned after the interview and I'll share a few ways you can do so. Hi there and welcome to today's episode of A Different Way of Seeing, a podcast where we talk all things disability. I'm your host, Lois Drachen. Today, we are chatting with Kerry Walsh, who's joining us from Johannesburg in South Africa. Kerry, welcome to A Different Way of Seeing. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be a part of this. It's, yeah, I've been following your your work for some time and I've read your book and, and I'm really excited to kind of dig a little bit more into your story and well, well, we'll get into the interview. But before we dive into the detail, let me just start where I usually start on the podcast. And that is to say, can you just introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yes. So as you said, I'm Kiri Walsh. I am a motivational speaker blogger and accessibility activist, most recently an author. And I've just sort of focused my whole sort of career or I don't really think of it as a job, but I'll call it my passion project um, on creating awareness and being a part of championing change around accessibility for people living with disabilities. Mine would obviously purely be focused on um, wheelchair accessibility. That's just because that's my understanding but I love the idea of learning and creating an idea around accessibility and how the world could see people with disabilities in so many different ways. We're talking about your new book, Finding My Feet. What drew you to write a book? I've always loved blogging. I've always used it as like my way of just sort of spitting out my emotions, writing down my thoughts, maybe sometimes just getting through a difficult situation. And with that, it created a space where people could have a clearer understanding of my life or what I was going through by reading those blogs. The blogs sort of just developed and became more personal and became quite like specific and integrated within the industry that I'm trying to be fully involved in. And with that, I, I've always had this dream of writing a book have written bits of it a couple of times and never quite gotten to the point of actually writing it or finishing it. And then I just sort of took the leap and decided that there's no time like the present and it was time to get this ball rolling and get my story out there. And I think I'm just at a good time in my life where I am at a full understanding of who I am and where I am. So now is a good time to use that perspective to explain it. 
Great. Thank you. So the title of your book, Finding My Feet, A Rare Warrior's Journey Through SMA and the Unknown. Tell us a little bit about what to you is a rare warrior. So I became what would seem to be a permanent volunteer at the Rare Diseases Association. Um, the CEO, Kelly, often says that Kelly was so determined to work here that she wouldn't stop fighting until she got a position. So I got my position <laughs> within their space. And they um, often refer to their patients as rare warrior, warriors. And I think the term and the concept of that came from not calling individuals patients because we're not always necessarily sick, but we just have a disease or an illness. And I think calling people patients often puts them in a box of being sick and unable to do things on their own or unable to live a normal, realistic life. Whereas a rare warrior not only shows that they can do anything, but it also shows their strength and what they've been through. And I think it just proves how they are. They are different and they do stand out, but they do it in a way of being strong and powerful. I think it's a, a very good term because, I mean, I've heard it before. I've I've spoken to a... Um, a Cape Town lady, Nerjuan Rawut, who is a lupus warrior. And for me, as you say, you know, that the term patient has this underlying sense of, uh, I hate to say it, but ill, sick, unable, mm-hmm. um, needing support, needing care, needing assistance. And as you say, our lived experience is way more than than just that. Yes, there are some times when we do go through tough times. So do non-disabled people. Um, so it's good to have a, a kind of a term that is out there showing the strength, the capability. Um, so I'm 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 really glad to to know a little bit more about that and how you see it. SMA, what does that stand for? So SMA is spinal muscular atrophy. It's a rare degenerative disorder. So as you get older, your muscles slowly deteriorate. So you would lose the ability to um, eat, probably sit, and at the later stages, breathe on your own. And what have been the implications for you of living with SMA? over your life i mean you you are still young you are clearly able and capable and strong and able to accomplish a huge amount um but it does have an impact on your daily life tell us a little bit about some of those day-to-day impacts yeah i mean it's definitely not a walk in the park it always has its new developments which is also i think the most tricky part is because it changes so much you never quite have a full handle on any of it but for me it's always needing assistance so there will always need to be at least let's say one person around at least because I don't would never really be able to be left on my own as much as I can be relatively self-sufficient for a certain amount of time there are always implications with that and you will always need assistance and I think it's just yeah, I'm not always having an understanding of where it's going to go. One day it's just going to be bad or 
is it going to be a slow progression? And there's just no answers, which is, I think, the hardest part, especially I'm quite like a type A personality. I'm a planner, an organizer, and I like to be in control. And I often think that stems from having SMA because I need to control the things that I can control. I think often, you know, I'm myself being blind, you know, I, I know that if I've got plans and things are organized and structured and I know what's happening and yes, there are things that will be on my control. But if I do mm-hmm. exercise control over the things that I can, it just makes things that little bit easier for me. Definitely. Yeah. So who is the book aimed at? So I put a lot of thought into this because it's not necessarily like a play-by-play for patients, but it's not necessarily a play-by-play for caregivers either. So I put a lot of understanding into I don't want people to think that this is a book of instruction and understanding. I don't have all the answers, never going to have them all. It's purely a book of perspective, but I hope that it gives individuals who are still fighting a relatively new diagnosis some hope and understanding that it isn't all gloom and doom. But I also hope that it can share a sense of gratitude and thankfulness to caregivers. I don't think they always get a lot of appreciation And it's a pretty thankless job, but within this book, they can see that they are appreciated and what they do really does make a difference to a re-warrior's life. I think, you know, that there's also a lot of attraction for me, as I said, being blind, you know, having read the book, there were so many times that I caught myself going, yes, I hear what you're saying there. And our experiences (laughs) might be a little bit different. But there are a lot of commonalities of uh, some of the barriers, the social perceptions that are imposed on us from the rest of society, um, Mm. the challenges of accessibility, the the difficulties we have in social situations that the specifics might look a little bit different, but that commonality of, of the struggle the struggles that are there, the barriers that yeah. are there, um, and and some of the solutions that we find to how we approach different tasks. So I, I'd almost kind of see this as well as, as being a book that can inspire a lot of people going through challenges of a different kind who – can maybe learn from some of the lessons that you've shared in in the book and and hopefully find strength, comfort, ideas of things that they can implement in their own lives. So what are you hoping to achieve with the launch of the book? What what are you the difference that it's wanting it to make? For me, I think it's definitely um, a personal achievement project, as in I wanted to write it and I wanted to prove that I could write it and that I could achieve it and that it could be sold. I don't need to make millions on a book about my life. I don't think that's the perspective of it. It's not really the aim of what you're trying to achieve. I hope that it can give people a lot of perspective and I hope it's relatable. Like you said, I think 
you can find your own story within the story and you can find your moment. And someone says something quite interesting recently that there's a part in the book for everyone, as in the chap- not all chapters may be relatable, but at least you could find one that is most relatable and most relevant to you in your life, which is what I think anyone would want their book to achieve is to reach a large audience, but for everyone to find some hope and perspective in it. Yeah, you know, I, I think for me, often my my sense is that living with any kind of difference, people tend to focus on the difference rather than seeing the commonalities. And I particularly found, as I say, reading your book, that the commonalities for me stood out, the universality of your experience. And yeah, I think that that's a really strong and and good message to to give in the in in the reading and in, in the in the depiction of the story. But what would you say are the key messages that you are bringing across in sharing your story of growing up through your schooling and your coming to terms with your SMA? and living with a condition that you can't always control. Yeah, we're definitely following sort of universal themes of love and relationships and understanding and fitting into society. A lot of it is based around also how other people fit within my story. And I think that's such a big part because with that, it is you have to take their stories and your story and you know there's always a different perspective of the story but you want to tell it in the most truthful way and you want to share the most realistic view of the story so I I did very much want to focus on sharing other people's stories with the most respect and kindness and truthfulness and the messages need to be like that they need to be clear and and beautiful and they need to you know, you want to share it in the most realistic manner. There's a strong emphasis in the book on themes around family, belonging, acceptance, inclusion, accessibility. And they are all very important themes. I also note a huge emphasis on, and it's come up while we've been chatting now as well, that of gratitude. Tell us a little bit more about how you see the role of gratitude contributing to your worldview. I definitely think you need to be grateful for the life that you have. It's so easy to be angry and to be negative of being dealt these cards, but with that achieves nothing. I mean, we've all learned that that's not really going to do anything. And it's not about being an inspiration or proving that you can do something so much better than anyone else or you got up today so good job I think it's about being grateful that I got to get up today and being grateful that I got to do my job and I got to do training this morning or being grateful for the little things and having gratitude in having this life I mean it's no it's not the best life but I'm also really grateful that I'm not worse off and I could have so much less and I have a family and a support system and people who love me. And for me, being grateful for that is so important. Otherwise, you don't appreciate what you have 
And then when you don't have it, then what? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I think, particularly, you know, the, the, the original diagnosis that your, your parents received when you were very young was not positive. It, it was a, a very hard diagnosis. So, you know, your, your life expectancy has, you know, at least far exceeded what your parents originally were told was going to be possible. Do you want to just tell us about that particular story? Yes. So when I was originally diagnosed, obviously there wasn't a lot of information around ISMA. It is very rare. There isn't a lot of understanding around it either. And they were basically told to take me home and enjoy the time that we had together. And I had five years to live. And I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine taking that kind of information and trying to comprehend that kind of information. And for me, I think I'm forever grateful that I was so young and that my understanding of probably what was the hardest time within our family's lives, I was probably too young to understand. And I know I can't remember those exact emotions. So I can only imagine where they had to find their gratitude and maybe it was when I turned six or when I turned seven, but they had to find their own gratitude and strength for themselves in order to help me and the rest of my family also get through this. Because you have siblings as well. Yes, I'm very lucky to not be an only child. (laughs) Um, I I have a twin sister and then I have an older sister and an older brother too. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about the book. We haven't really covered what the book contains. Can you kind of give us an overview of what people can find when they read the book? What what will they what's what is kind of the the the, the story that you're covering? <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of it was sort of defining moments in my life or big moments that had like a a good story behind it in terms of like um, one of them is I had a big back operation. It was a big moment in my life, so it it is a big part of the book. Um, A lot of it is around my feelings and how different situations caused me to feel different ways, which often weren't necessarily spoken about. Um, And then a lot of sort of... There's a deep chapter on the burden complex, which I think a lot of rare warriors and people living with disabilities have to overcome and comprehend. Um, in a previous interview, I mentioned it was probably the hardest chapter that I had to relive multiple times through writing, reading, editing. But it's one of those chapters that's really important. And although I wanted the book to be very humorous and lighthearted because that's how I've made it through a lot of my life it is also important that a lot of the hard chapters are covered I think it's also I mean the entire book is written with a a sense of honesty do they make it harder to write the book yeah it wasn't it wasn't easy and I think it was quite sort of emotional but it was also quite therapeutic um, you are literally putting your life out there for people to criticize and yeah. you've got to be very okay with that. And someone was saying the other day, oh, it's too late to take it back now. So <laughs> you better make peace with it. So yeah, it's in print and we just got to put on a brave face and keep pushing forward. And 
you just hope that people get out of it what you hope they do. Right. So the official launch of the book is Friday, the 1st of March, 2024, which is next Friday. Mm -hmm. You're having a launch party in Johannesburg. What can people expect at that launch event? We have very much focused on making it fun and colourful and it's full of butterflies and it's going to be very representative of me and what I want my life to represent when I'm gone. But it's, yeah, very lighthearted and fun. It's not going to be too serious. Um, my dad will do a read from the book and then I will do a speech and there'll be an intro. And, yeah, that's about it. And then you mentioned earlier before we started recording that you're doing a Q&A with your sister. Is that with your twin? Yes. Yes, she'll be doing the Q&A, right. pretty much against her will. We couldn't be more different <laughs> if we tried, but she'll, she'll make it. And do you want to just give us the, the details of that book launch, the address, yes. where it's So it's at. going to be at Dreambox, which is at the Prison Break Market. On the 1st of March, we're doing 6.30 for 7.00. And there'll be a cash bar and, yeah, we're just going to try and make it as fun and memorable as possible. There's places for people to take pictures, to get their books signed and to just network, socialize, talk about the book. Talk will about you, me. Will you have copies of the book available there if people want to get copies? Yes. So people can buy a copy at the, at the launch. They can also buy a copy when they buy their ticket for the launch if they want to. Um, but yeah, we'll obviously have some copies available if anyone wants to buy one. Great. Okay. And um, I will also share the the, the booking link to yes. the the tickets to buy tickets in the show notes. So along with your social media and things like that. So if people can't make the launch, how can they get hold of a copy of the book? So after the 1st of March, it'll be available on Take-A-Lot for local purchase. And then it is available on Amazon as a Kindle version on um, for international purchase. And it's actually available on Amazon as a pre-order where you order it and it arrives in your Kindle library um, on the 1st of March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what I have already done. So... Nice. If people would like to reach out to you yourself to learn a little bit more about your work and if they have speaking opportunities for you or if they'd like you to come and address their organization, how can they find you online? So all my social media is KMotivationSA. It's all pretty much the same. Otherwise, KMotivationSA at gmail.com is my email address and my cell phone number is 073 643 Great. Thank you. Okay. We've got to the point where you are in process of finalizing the details for the launch. Everything is coming up and working in a place for that. What's the next big project for Carrie Walsh? I have no idea. I think <laughs> I need a moment to breathe. I need a moment to readjust my life and my plan but 
I do hope that it comes with more speaking engagements and places to share my book and my story and raise awareness for rare diseases all around the world. Brilliant. Kerry Walsh, thank you so much for chatting to us today. It's been really great to to get to know a little bit about you and your story and particularly about your book, Finding My Feet, A Rare Warrior's Journey Through SMA and the Unknown. We wish you success with the launch. We wish you success with the book. And we'll definitely check in with you later on and learn about how it all went. Thanks so much. Hi, it's Lois again. I mentioned at the top of the episode that I would share a couple of ways that you can learn more about me and my life. The first I want to mention is my Beyond Sight blog, which is available at loisdrachen.com forward slash blog. I release usually one article a week, and it's about a three to five minute read. The articles focus on things I've been doing, my speaking events, projects I've been working on, and some of my reflections on the world as I experience it. The other way to find out a little more in depth about my life since becoming blind is through my memoir, A Different Way of Seeing, A Blind Woman's Journey of Living an Ordinary Life in an Extraordinary Way. That book is available in multiple formats on Amazon, on Audible, or through my website. You can find about more about A Different Way of Seeing on loisdrachen.com forward slash books. In my memoir, I share a little bit about some of the things I've done since becoming blind and many of the tools and techniques that I use that help me to accomplish my tasks on a day-to-day basis. It's a light-hearted read and it's one that people have said is very easy to read. So you might want to give it a try. Just to give you those links again, to find the Beyond Sight blog, it's loisdrachen.com forward slash blog. And to find out more about my books, loisdrachen.com forward slash books. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We hope you'll join us next time. Thank you for listening to A Different Way of Seeing. We would love to connect with you. So find Lois at loisdrachen.com or Facebook, Lois Strachan Speaker. This podcast was edited by Craig Strachan using Hindenburg Pro. Hindenburg, it's all about the story. The credits are done at Naledi Media. Naledi Media, all your vocal needs under one roof. Read by Charlie Gyasi. That's it for now. Thank you for joining us and see you next time when we bring you into the world of seeing differently.